and welcome to Blurry Photos. I am David Flora. And I'm David Stecco. And this week we will be discussing some cryptozoology for you. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe it's cryptozoology. I don't know. Could, could be the real. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it could be a UFO. It could be an interdimensional being whose exact motives we don't understand. Who knows, man? Let's uh, let's jump right into this. At this, this point, lake. everyone's already figured out. There's only one thing we're talking about. Exactly. The Mothman. Los hombres <laughs> del Moth. That's right. Spanish for Moth is Moth. <laughs> All right, uh, Stecco. So, let's say, just uh, imagine you are a woman. I was already doing it. All right. This is the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're driving down Route 2, West Virginia. Absolutely. All right. Just outside of Point Pleasant? Just just outside. Uh, somewhere near there. These, mm-hmm. The early ones were, were a little ways away. Not, not exactly in. But we'll right. get to that. So you're driving down Route 2. I'm driving. In the 60s and I'm a woman? And you're a woman. Wow! This right. is science fiction! <laughs> so far. So, there's this... You see this large man-shaped figure that mm-hmm. steps onto the road in front of you. So you... What do you do? Uh, I, I swerve to avoid him. I apply the brake, the brakes, or the brakes. <laughs> the brakes and the brakes and the Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, you you slow down, and then all of a sudden you see these two huge wings spread from behind this thing, and it ups and it, it up and flies away. What what do you do, woman in the sixties? Uh, I go immediately to the police and file a report of what I have seen on this day. But you don't. Oh, come on! Because you would be labeled as crazy. That's true. But this is West Virginia. If I ran into town screaming, Lordy, Lordy, I just done seen the devil. Local you, local hero. You would have cops swarming. Local hero. Local hero. So, okay. Let's fast forward to uh, 1966. Okay. All right? Imagine that you are uh, a woman. Thank God. <laughs> uh, you're married to a doctor. I'm not the same woman, though. This isn't like... This is a new woman. Okay. You're married to a doctor, and you see you see some six-foot thing that resembles a giant butterfly. That's the only way you can describe it. That's the best I can come that's up the, with. That's the best you can come up with. I'm married to a doctor. You don't have to make the decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this episode's about sexism. It is not about Mothman. <laughs> At all. <laughs> we'll, we'll get out of Bait that. Bait and switch. So, on down the road. Uh-huh. Not the literal road, but the road of time. Yeah, I've been okay. telling everyone the best I can say is it was like a giant butterfly. Right, man. but you don't exactly report this either. Right. Different I don't even words. tell my husband because I'm already taking so much Valium because I'm a woman in the late 60s. <laughs> got in the South. Who can be prescribed. Right. Prescription like nothing. So, November 12th. 1966. Stecco, you are a grave digger. A female grave digger? Yes. Let's just say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. For argument's sake, you are okay. a female grave digger. There, there are five grave diggers in total. They, they never said whether they were male or female. I'm assuming Perfect. male, but let's just say. Yeah, let's say. Let's, let's make the rule of three happen here. In yeah. my mind, I've already written a musical and all these women are the same women. Exactly. Said they're same woman, and this is about a woman's journey through West Virginia <laughs> and the things she's and, seen. And the graves and the crypto yes. cryptids that she yeah. comes across. You you look up in the in in the wee hours of grave digging, mm-hmm. you see a 
brown human being fly out of the trees near the town of Clendenin. I mean, am I just being really racist? Is that what's nope. happening right nope. now? Nope. I'm describing it as best I can. Exactly. That's that's the best you can do. It's it's a human being with wings that has flew. That looks kind of brownish. That flew out of the trees. Flew out of the trees. All right. Who do I tell this to? Who do you tell it to? I tell you what. I'm a grave digger, so I, I'm assuming that most people consider me to be to be drunk full time, or at least enough. Probably. We we're being not only sexist but occupationist at this point. That is not a word, and everyone knows that painters and grave diggers are drunks. This is fact. Fact. <laughs> Check it. All right. So. Let's say you, you don't say anything about this, or you're going to get around to it. Yeah. Well, too At my bad. quarterly Gravedigger's Review, <laughs> Union <laughs> Rules, I get one of those. <laughs> so, uh, it's too bad, though, because uh, the next day, somebody, uh, somebody one-ups you. We got two couples driving out near uh, an abandoned TNT plant. Right, because when you're in West Virginia and you want to, to take a lady out on a special ride, we's going out to the TNT plant. Exactly. That's where they go to neck. Nice. <laughs> and park and yeah. all those other terms. Explosion puns. Explosion puns. <laughs> <laughs> so you're driving, you're driving uh, through this TNT area. You see a tall figure by the road. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds familiar to us. Not to them, though. It's a little bit bigger than a man has some folded wings behind it attached to it then it turns around in the headlights and its eyes glow red as if a reflector on a on a bike or a, or a car now i'd like to point out right now i don't know what i've done what how i react to this just yet but already we've established a culture of silence and non-reporting that is going to severely impact my ability to make this decision. Because people have been seeing this for years and since no one talks, I don't know what to do. People, this is what you should take from this story. Exactly. <laughs> you see a cryptid, just uh, yeah. shut up. No! No! <laughs> tell no, a grave digger. Tell, tell a grave digger. Tell your no, doctor no husband. Problem. Tell someone. <laughs> so... These kids, these, these two couples, see this thing, boom, they're like, we're out of here. They take off. They, they're, they're flying down the road. They, they're, uh, they say they're going at speeds, quote, better than 100 miles per hour, unquote. Now, they turn around and look back, and this winged humanoid thing leaps into the air, stretches its wings out, and takes off after them in pursuit. Not really flapping its wings, just sort of gliding along behind them, but keeping up with them exactly. Hmm. At speeds maybe better than 100 miles per hour, which I find the bag. You know, but, at first I would, but you are in moonshiner country. Hmm. That's a good point, where yeah. NASCAR was born. That's right. Where NASCAR was born. So, they... We're doing everything we can to discuss everything but the Mothman. <laughs> we'll get to it. It's juicy. Yeah. It's a juicy... There's a, there's a, this is a rich, rich tapestry here. So, what do they do? They break the mold. They run straight to the sheriff's, uh, to, to the sheriff's office, right? Mm-hmm. They immediately report it, and a deputy goes back out there with them. Now, I, I'm not sure. They, they were supposed to be scared out of their wits at this point. If you're that scared, why would you go back with a guy with a gun? 
I mean, so. I would. I would. At that point, I was like, I was scared, and now I'm mad. Could Man. you bring that shotgun and let's let's punish this Does thing it, for making me scared? P.S. Yeah. I probably missed out on some hot makeouts. This <laughs> so, may have cost me some action, and I'm <laughs> extra mad. Those are the stages that you go through. It's, yeah, it's like the stages of, of death. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they go back out there with with this deputy. They go back to the to the spot of the the sighting. As they pass the spot where they had initially seen this thing, the radio starts emitting this high pitched, almost squeal like. It just it just goes fritzy. Uh, almost sounds like a sped up record at this point. The the deputy turns off the radio, kinda gets freaked out at that point. They kinda do a little check around, look at look at stuff, don't see anything, so they hightail it back to town and file the report. So what do we have here? What do you think so far? So far so far, I, I don't think we have a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a lot so far. I mean, virtually anything at night's eyes will glow when you put a headline in them. Mm-hmm. That's, true. That's um, true. You know, you've got two people whose minds were on other things. I think that so far... Four, four people, really. Four people, yeah. So yeah. far, I think you've got grounds for a fair amount of skepticism about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, we haven't, we haven't necessarily reached the critical mass for a genuine goings-on. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Enough for, for a ticky-looky, but not enough for a goings-on. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I deploy a few rubberneckers to that situation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Maybe, maybe like, three guys from the looky-lose union. But no, this isn't a going, this isn't a doings just yeah. yet. <laughs> so let's, let's set up, uh, let's set up what we have around us. Let's, let's, let's tell you about where we're at here. This is happening in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Point Pleasant is um, Point Pleasant is in Western Virginia, where the Ohio and Kanawha uh, rivers meet. Mm-hmm. Okay, the population's around forty five hundred, maybe a little more back back around that time. It's currently at around forty five hundred. It was settled as early as seventeen seventy four. I think they had some settlers out there around then. They have a place in town where the Army Corps of Engineers built the West Virginia Ordnance Works in 1942. And they did that to make uh, just a ton of TNT for the war. Mm -hmm. So never let it be said that Point Pleasant didn't do their best to fight the Huns. By by war bonds. So they, it was stopped in 1945. They didn't need it anymore. And it was handed back over to the Army Corps of Engineers and they basically pulled out and abandoned most everything by 1949. And it was just left... Left to to rot, basically. Just a just a great big derelict erotic fun park for teens <laughs> in their in, in cars. A lot, lot of condoms yeah. and cement left. Around. This is the '60s. Condoms are for sailors, man. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so, um, so this this place uh, just just sort of was left to the elements, and all the. The containment facilities and things like that, the little underground uh, bunkers that they had to store this TNT, things like that, they just left it there, right? Nobody nobody was worried about it. Hell, they were going out having picnics and, and just disposing of all their garbage on the, on, the, yeah. uh, on the side of the hill. So, you know, nothing nothing's going on, going on in terms of environmentalism yeah. around then. This that, is 15 years before waves. the crying Indian on the side of the road changed America forever, so. <laughs> exactly. 
So uh, it was in the 80s. Some dudes were fishing around in there. Noticed some red gooey crap bubbling up from from this almost uh, almost uh, Beverly Hills. Yes, yeah, red gold. Red gold. And uh, Texas triglyceride. <laughs> they kind of got kind of got kind of got a little worried about it. Went and reported it, and turns out the place was festering with chemicals and all kinds of no pollution. way. I know. Go figure. So the uh, the government made this a priority cleanup kind of kind mm-hmm. of place. It's now the McClintic Wildlife Station, where they they kind of built a few new ponds. They've restocked everything with you know fish and cleaned a bunch of stuff up. A lot of the ruins you know are still there. Cement. Um, Blocks, buildings, things like that, still around in there. But they've actually got a big sign that says "No more bipedal deer!" Hooray! <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's that's where we're at. We're that we're in uh, Point Pleasant again, um, across the Ohio from Gallipoli, Ohio. Now and now we've got a few sightings of this winged humanoid creature with with glowing red eyes. Basically. Mm-hmm. So these kids' story. Got published in the in the local paper, and some um, some people started taking note of this thing. Local boy gets spooked out of hand job. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's it was under the obituary section. <laughs> My chances died last night. <laughs> so they get this one journalist uh, to come down there. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Mary Hire. She coins the name Mothman. Because of the description from from the kids, saying uh, what the what the the Mothman looked like, basically a, a flying man with ten, a ten foot wingspan, glowing red eyes, gray or brown skin uh, skin or fur or something, no arms. The weird thing also about it, not really a head or face. The wings sort of come out of the shoulders. And above what should be a head, and the eyes are kind of set between where you would think your shoulders would be, kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, sketches that I've seen, you know, in the images on on the internet and stuff like that, based on these descriptions, kind of make it look like the bastard son of an owl and cousin it. Yeah, I you mean, know? I've I've screwed it up because all all of my fan fiction pictures have have always included a head, so I should have done more research. Sorry, that, I mean that's why we're doing this. We're trying right. to get some information out there. Yeah. Right? See, I'm learning. We all are. So, but even then, Mothman seems like a weird place to go. And it comes from Batman, the Batman comics, because there was a villain called Killer Moth. And I guess she thought this was, you know, the closest thing to that character, to that description. So she was a comic book chick? Maybe. (laughs) So we've got got a name for it now. Uh And, of course, the name... Catches on, spreads like uh, yeah. Once you name it, it's done. It's yeah. it's a it's a thing. Now you can control it. Yeah. So, <laughs> or so they thought. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, anyways, we start getting tons of sightings of this thing, just sightings left and right, all all throughout the next year mm-hmm. uh, of this thing, it scares people just out of their minds. Now, I recall hearing. Uh, I remember when I was younger, I read a book uh, called. America's Backyard Monsters or something. Oh, like I think that. I've heard of that. And and there was a section about Mothman and one of those sightings it was it was pretty clear about that these people were watching TV and Mothman was on their front porch staring in the window at them. He there were a couple of accounts of him uh, climbing onto people's front porches looking in through the window. There was one even there uh, a woman was visiting a friend pulled up outside the house 
uh, got out of the car and noticed that there was something laying on the ground that it looks like she had disturbed. It looks like it was it was either sleeping or, or just you know kind of chilling out on the ground. It gets up, stands up. It's the Mothman. She freaks out. There are accounts that she's holding the baby, which she drops and or falls on it or something. Anyways, finally gets her wits. It picks the baby up, runs into the house. The thing follows her up onto the porch, and she gets in the house, shuts the door, and they they look over and it's leaning in, looking in through the window. They call the authorities. They come out there, can't find it anywhere. Yeesh, that's, that's nightmare fuel. It's freaky, but it never really hurt anybody. Now I had heard directly. I had I had read reports that there were secondary effects of of of, of meeting with the Mothman, especially with eye contact. Yeah, uh, migraine headaches, mm-hmm. um, uh, nausea, people having like almost hangover like effects, uh, which I guess you could sort of explain if you were already drunk and then you saw a Mothman. But but people people complained of of problems of, of physiological problems mm-hmm. immediately following a run in. With the Mothman. And even the next morning, accounts of people having conjunctivitis. Yeah. You know, their, their eyes are doing a, a conjunctivitis type thing. That's how you get pink eye. <laughs> you're, you're one step closer to becoming a Mothman yourself. <laughs> conjunctivitis, then pink eye. Followed up by red eye. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, they, they, some people get this conjunctivitis. Some people report sort of... Um, Almost like sunburn or, or, or really tan, kind of almost radiation-like burns mm-hmm. uh, on their forearms, things like that, too. There, there are a couple of reports of that. So, yeah, there, there, there are some, some physical um, distress things that, that, that happen. But, again, you're getting a ton of reports of sightings and things like that. So, who knows who was trying to one-up the next person, you know, or and this is not exactly a, a, a hopping part of the country. <laughs> this is, I mean, like I imagine once this starts happening, I mean, this is good blue collar folk, right? Area, rural area, not you know, not minding their own business, not trying to bother anybody, right? When you're not, when you're not sitting in a cafe getting indignant about those those damned <laughs> hippies up north. I mean, what's what else is there left to do with your day but to, to think about the Mothman, you know? Right. And I imagine there, at that point, there was, you know, reports of, you know, him being to blame for spotting on lawns and, you know, <laughs> the increase in the tax rate. Oh, man. Mothman's going to have a hard time running for government. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's breaking everything. <laughs> My car gets worse gas mileage. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, the, the worst thing to come out of this, pe- people are wondering, of course, what, is, what does this mean? Why is this thing here now why is it terrorizing us is it terrorizing us is it trying to communicate is it trying to tell us something they started um well let's just go to december 15th 1967 this is 13 months after that first run-in with the, mm-hmm. the two the two make-out couples they at this point i've quit my job as a grave digger i have moved to the big city in chicago and i'm just trying to make it as best i can as a lounge singer i have now left the story as a woman in the 60s doing a doing a pretty decent job thank though, you too. thank you but yeah this this is um this is not a not 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 the happiest part of the story mm-hmm. they there was uh there are a couple bridges that that connect point pleasant to you know other parts of uh, the world mm-hmm. ohio being one of them there's the silver bridge that connects Gallipoli to Point Pleasant. 
it was rush hour. There was a ton of vehicle activity on on the bridge, mm-hmm. and when, whenever you have a ton of traffic, things get clogged up. So there were a bunch of cars just clogging up the the silver bridge, and the night of the fifteenth, it just it got to be too much for the bridge, and one of the I beams snapped, and the bridge collapses and takes down everything on on the bridge, which uh, ends up killing forty six people. It was it was by all accounts just you know a, a horrendous tragedy, and they found out later after they you know got everything up from the river and stuff, they they found that it, it just it came from a single hairline fracture in one of the I beam pins, and it was something that they people had come in to to make sure the bridge was up to code you know mm-hmm. check things out make sure that everything was structurally sound but this fracture was just so so small it was almost invisible like there there was hardly any way they, they could have really caught this yeah and you get cold temperatures it's december metal's yeah. more inclined to fracture than bend the other thing is the 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 bridge was built when model t's were were being built it was built with those in mind <laughs> oh, yeah. for for the foot trap and the and the wheel traffic on on there and by the 60s, cars were just oh, yeah. a, a steel boat on wheels at that time. So. I, I almost wonder what the average difference, even between now and the 60s, in weight. I mean, that that was that's that was the boat cart days. Those are the biggest cars ever times. Yeah. It's Bridges are probably breathing a sigh of relief today because it's yeah. all fiberglass. <laughs> but, like, it, it's funny, and, and you got to wonder if, if some, some of the inspections were uh, that are going on today are... Mm-hmm kind of glossing over some stuff because it's like well they're handling all this all this weight now or all these cars now blah 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 but it's like well you know it, it, they're still they're, the cars are lighter now but you still need to do your right well, well they had that thing in, in Missouri that bridge failed not too long ago and that was it Missouri? And Minnesota? was that? it was a state that started with M so that is outside of, of <laughs> what we do here you have to listen to um, Bridge Inspection Podcast to find that out. Or the news. Or the news. Neither uh, of which will we be. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the the bridge collapse basically started a government inspection program to make sure, you know, mm-hmm. our infrastructure was, was intact. Which is going swimmingly these days, you guys. Yeah. It really is. Really on the ball. But, anyway. Is that a pun? Really on the ball? Swimmingly. Oh, swimmingly. So, no. Womp, womp. <laughs> people, it wasn't long after this, people started drawing a correlation between the Mothman sightings and the Silver Bridge collapse because no more sightings after the 15th. See, now that that fascinates me because I, I also saw that. I, I, I also saw that in the, in, in the doing my, my personal research into the subject. Sure. But I, I, I drew the exact opposite conclusion. I mean, I would think that it would be more inclined to say, oh, yeah, no, there's this thing. And then we saw a ton of Mothman after that thing. You know, like, he was around in the area. You know, this was the Mothman times. I feel like after the bridge, you know, any community that has something traumatic and awful happen to it, you got better things on your mind. What used to be a fun thing to discuss, you know, suddenly now people are dealing with very real loss, very real issues. Even if they didn't lose anyone, their neighbor did, you know. I think that, that just locks a community down and and maybe makes people less inclined. Now, maybe there were still Mothman sightings, but 
in that it, or... right in that environment do you really you know when people are going to funerals and trying to arrange for for all these things do you really say oh i just i saw the flying mothman probably <laughs> kind of takes a back seat to right that. right so i That's mean it's a great point you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that that confirms or denies it. And I've read, uh, you know, and just in the things that I've read about, I've read a, a book or two about it, that people considered the Mothman as a harbinger. And people have even tied him into some Native American legends. Oh, yeah. Um, and in other parts of the world as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that this Mothman, this, this dark figure, is, is a harbinger of, of ill omens, of, of things. Yeah. yeah, exactly, of disaster, of bad things coming. So is that... Is that exactly what was happening here? Do you do you think? I mean, I that's a that's a great point. I, I think that I mean, with you with you saying that, I just picture like people people who are obviously grieving and, and just stricken with with you know bereavement, and then the Mothman's like, it's horrible to say. This is what I'm picturing. The Mothman's peeking into the window. He's like, guys, you know, come right. on, Mothman here. And then like he's just turning around. He's hunching his <laughs> wing shoulders, and he's like. The Lonely Man theme starts. Yeah, the, the piano music from the Hulk starts. <laughs> and he just has to walk a, down the road. He walked down the road. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to make fun or anything. I'm just saying that's... that's With you saying that point, it's yeah. like maybe the Mothman's like, well, you know, I'm no longer the fad here, so I'm out of town. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, know. I don't know if that was a, a mass... Uh, not mass hysteria, but just a, a thing that people were doing. And, and I think that there are plenty of... Of reasonable, I mean, I don't think any of them are locked down, but reasonable explanations. Um, large waterfowl, oh, for yeah. example, herons, um, large birds, especially in an area that has a, a toxic ecology. Oh yeah, birds are exceedingly sensitive mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to that to those sort of environments. I mean, this is also the silent spring times. You know, this is DDT, thin mm-hmm. eggshells, and this is before those things got really locked down. Yeah, you know, obviously, I guess it would be a reach for me to blame DDT. Uh, but the only thing I will ever blame DDT for is the near eradication of malaria. It was a magnificent chemical. <laughs> but that's a discussion for a future episode. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, it was, it was a toxic environment. This thing was seen primarily in, in the region of, and it did expand after that, but I think that you could psychologically explain that. Sure. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say this was a large bird, perhaps... Uh, somewhat deformed, maybe of of an unusual coloring for the species. Yeah, you know there there are they they got some experts down there to try and explain this scientifically. You know mm-hmm. they, they don't want they don't want to hear anything about monsters and phantoms and all that junk. They want to hear about science uh, from somebody who went to college. Right. <laughs> so we're going to put some... aside our usual prejudice against your learning because because <laughs> we need you. <laughs> They they got somebody down there who explained this could be a large sandhill crane. Uh, sandhill cranes have a red coloring on their head, uh, right between their eyes, kind of thing. Could be who knows? You know, if, if it's hit, you know, with the with the light, it it, it could give off some kind of uh, glowing mm-hmm. uh, redness to it. But the the thing about that that I think the I mean the mutation thing is 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 great. That's that's one of the things you know who. Who knows what what's going on in that swamp with the TNT? Because it's primarily seen in the TNT yeah. area there. Uh, it could could be some kind of mutation of something. Because, like I said, some people describing it, it's it's kind of looking like an owl. These cranes that grow to six feet, you know, at uh, at sometimes, you know, the the bigger species, you know, yeah, kind of the, examples, the, yeah, the examples of the alphas, but. Um, 
who who knows, man? It, the the sandhill crane, when I see pictures of it, it's got a long neck still, mm-hmm. and I just there there were very few reports of it having a neck at all. That's the only thing that that kind of snags that argument up to me. Yeah. Anyway, you know there are a lot of other interesting things. I think what bolsters the case for a genuine parent paranormal event are actually not necessarily the, all the direct observations, but the indirect ones. The static on the radio, that wasn't an isolated thing. That happened in several places. People's TVs, in a lot of those uh, discussions about people seeing the Mothman on their porch, they, first their TV went out. I mean, mm-hmm. again, this is the 60s. This is a very nuclear family time. People are glued to that right. info. The TV goes out. Their attention diverts, and that's when they notice this thing on the porch. Right. And I, I, in a lot of the things, that a lot of the reports that I'd read, that's kind of the, the flow of it. Right. So there is some sort of EM thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, not necessarily... Uh, what's interesting is that, especially in the case of the uh, the police radio, it seems to be a semi-permanent effect. Like, this thing can affect an area, leave the area, and that effect stays. stays so that's interesting. Yeah. The, the secondary effects on people's uh, physiologies. Uh, that's a really interesting thing. Um, and that could be explained in a number of ways. And also, there was uh, an interesting crossover with other paranormal phenomena, the involvement of men in black. That's true. There's that's true. Uh, uh, several documented uh, cases of these black-suited individuals in nondescript sedans mm-hmm. um, interviewing and, in some cases, intimidating uh, witnesses of it. Yeah. You know, you get... You're getting a lot of things coming together here that don't necessarily all add up to a Sandhill Crane problem. That's true. And that all stems kind of from the research of John Keel, who was a journalist and a ufologist, who wrote the Mothman Prophecies in 1975, which is an, uh, an account of his investigation of the Mothman. And according to him, he found that not only were these Mothman sightings happening, but... There were also numerous UFO sightings that were going on at this time as well. UFOs and aerial lights, uh, all kinds of, of st- phenomena that, that were going on in people's homes. The television sets, like you said, they were burning out. The phones were ringing at all times of the night, and there'd be nobody on the other line. I mean, this is this is uh, poltergeist kind of crap. Yeah, you know? and it's important to point out that, especially at this time, late 60s, a ringing phone is, is actually a weird thing, because this was the old... Operator time. This is where you would speak to someone and say, "I'd like Klondike two four seven, please." It, are they still doing that? I think 60s? so. I don't know. I'm just, but I believe so. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> is what you just said at all true? That, I right? do not know. I don't know. I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean there there is a lot there are there are a lot of things that are that are happening at this time that. Um, that point to to something something somewhat larger. Yeah, and yeah. and perhaps I mean, in, in, I guess to to swing the the pendulum back again towards the more mundane, mm-hmm. you have uh, an Army Corps of Engineers site that clearly wasn't cleaned up to spec. Mm-hmm. Words getting out. Yeah, there's going to be some feds from some feds there that are probably involved in that. Why they would choose to pursue the Mothman approach, I don't know. But maybe, maybe they were they had other things that they were doing there. I, I can it's conceivable that there would be a, like federal agents or or inspectors converging on this area. Yeah, uh, you know, prior to things. exactly. Yeah. There, one of the freakiest things that came out of John Keel's 
accounts and investigation was the story of Woodrow Derenberger and Indrid Cold. Yes. This this was this is some freaky stuff. This was in also in '66, uh, actually right around the time the the Mothman sightings started, or just before they started at least. There was a, a man named Woodrow Derenberger who was driving home after after work one day. This this weird craft zooms past his truck and stops in the road in front of him, causing him to stop. And a tall man gets out, walks over to the truck. He has this incredibly tan skin, slicked back, dark hair. He's got this dark outfit made of some kind of glistening green material. And the most unnerving part is he's got this grin on his face, this just weird grin. This Woodrow Derenberger says that this man started communicating with him telepathically. Said he could understand him as plain as day. His mouth never moved from that weird grin. Told him his name was Indrid Cold. And said, he, he asked him a few weird questions, things like that. And then he, he tells Woodrow that he's going he's gonna to visit him again. On, you know, on down the road somewhere. The road of time again. Mm-hmm. And then gets back in his craft and zooms off. And Derenberger did come in contact with Indrid Cold uh, again. I, I, according to, to his accounts, quite a few times, he, I think he even ended up writing a book about it. And it got a little bit much for the family. Plus an extramarital affair. hey But kind of the family fell apart and, and Derenberger, I don't know. That it, it's kind of spotty in what, what ended up happening to him in the end. But... Yeah, there's there's some weird weird stuff with that. Apparently, he wrote a uh, a book from it. Like I said, that's kind of hard to find these days, and it's based on the account of his relationship with Indrid Cold and Amy. Yeah, and there was, and that was a, a multi year uh, experience. Yeah, 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 that wasn't just like a, a, a once or twice thing. There was a, a regular, and I believe he was also getting he was uh, got the most of the the Men in Black uh, interaction he as did a get result some, yeah. of. The, of, of his interaction with Indrid Cold, yeah, and so that was one of the freaky things, one of the freakiest uh, from from Keel's work. So, and the other thing with with John Keel, you you got to wonder how much how much he's playing some of the stuff up, you know, coming from a, a, a UFOlogist background that that and, and wanting and getting a book written out of it, kind of stuff. I mean, you hear that today, and it's like, right. well, you're kind of you're kind of you know. Aggrandizing things, so so it's to promote some some of your own. I, I think imaginations. it's it's got to be exceedingly difficult to have something like this happening in a small town, because, I mean, as long as you keep asking people, they'll keep telling you things. Yeah. Even long after they've exhausted all the things that they actually knew, so I mean, I think there's a, a difficulty in doing a lot of investigation in a, in a small town setting like that because people like to be asked questions. People like to be. Uh, interviewed or, or felt, in, yeah. yeah. So it's a hard thing to to sift just what is the truth. Off, you know, get the information out of it without digging so much that people are just inventing things because right. they're used to to having someone care and seeing it in print. And oh, the, if there's a book in the works, you know, I want to make sure there's a chapter about all the crazy experiences I've had. It's true. And that's and that's a hard thing to separate. And I'm, I'm certainly not saying that anyone there was or wasn't lying, but. Right. But I know if, if I were in that situation, that would be a hard call to make. You have to be careful about how you approach something like that because yeah. you do end up with, with, I'm sure, much more misinformation than true facts. And speaking of, of that, 
when in doing the research for this and, and looking online at a bunch of stuff, things like that, there there is just a ton of content about supposed Mothman or sightings or stories or that's just complete crap. Oh, absolutely. There is so much just crap about Mothman out there. I mean, go on YouTube, type in Mothman, and just have yourself a day of watching <laughs> the stupidest crap. It, it, it's wretched. But and, and that's a hard thing because the, the Mothman is a kind of nebulous concept or, or idea. You know, it was it was seen for a very finite amount of time mm-hmm. um, in a very remote area, and, and it has all these, I don't know, abilities, these weird effects associated right, with yeah. it that that make it easy to be like, oh, what was that? I don't know, Mothman. I mean, in the Southwest, everything gets blamed on the Chupacabra. Everything, yeah. <laughs> you know. And if you're in West Virginia, Mothman did it. You know, Mothman did it. Mothman did it. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. And I mean, the, some of the things that I've read uh, have, you know, theorized that the one of the things I read had tied everything up into one very thorough package. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, this definitely files far more under fan fiction than than the results of deep investigation. But the theory was that the Mothman and others of his ilk uh-huh. are 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 pan-dimensional travelers. They, they see things, say, in a fifth spatial dimension. It makes them very easy for them to see into the future and the past. And they do their best to warn us of things that are coming, but they, they can't necessarily communicate with us that well. Um, and we, we, for lack of a better word, wither in their presence. You know, we get hives and the, yeah. the, 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 we get pink eye from them. Right. Um, you know, these things happen. And then you have the secondary entities like Indrid Cold who are also tracking the Mothman entities and oh, trying to trying to determine what it is they're doing. Uh, you know, it, it, like I said, this files far more under you know fan fiction sure. trying to trying to stitch it all into um, yeah, one narrative way to tie everything together mm-hmm. to to make the tapestries become one large blanket of and it, awesome. It, it's almost frustrating in that they're both very interesting stories, very interesting um, experiences people have had between Indrid Cold. And the Mothman, and it's it's almost a tragedy that they're linked at all. Yeah, it's it's that link that makes them both suffer credibility. You know, all of that. Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's almost like they were like, "Oh, Mothman's here! UFOs, lights in the sky, men yeah, in black. Yeah, yeah, no, let's, let's throw in this alien." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone. Was there. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! We'll we'll save him. You're from, from Arizona. Get out of here. <laughs> It, it's, it is. It's a hard thing, and it, I guess it gets the ball rolling. And there's a part of me that thinks that I'm, I'm almost surprised that, to a degree that maybe um, there wasn't more sightings after the uh, the bridge incident. Yeah. The the weird thing is there there are a few reports out there that have said that, that the Mothman has been sighted before major disasters that mm-hmm. have happened. I, I've even found um, some, some sources that, that say... Mothman was sighted even back in the late 1800s, the early 1900s in Russia, uh, 1950s was seen in Brazil and Japan, uh, even Houston had had a Mothman or a Batman sort of entity, and Nebraska had one, uh, and even as, as recent as 2004 in good old Guadalupe, Mexico, mm-hmm. something that they actually didn't blame the Chupacabra, uh, didn't blame on the Chupacabra. They there was a an officer of the law down there who was patrolling and sees this this 
shapeless black mass kind of falling and twisting out of the sky lands on the ground it's it's a woman dark hair and he he stops and is kind of freaked out starts backing the car up and apparently the thing just in 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 a, in a matter of moments is just on his windshield looking at him with with lidless eyes and just completely black over the eyes where the white where the pupil everything is black and he faints and when he wakes up it's gone this is and they're saying oh mothman well that's the first that's the first time we've heard it's a woman that sounds like a friggin' vampire right <laughs> yeah know. i mean i guess i guess if Not you got to put it if you have to put it in the bucket i guess mothman Maybe, but I, I would put it in the vampire bucket i i don't know man that that just any number of weird cryptid bucket yeah that that one's filed under the and it is. It's hard yeah, when you have something like that that's so vague. But you do have a lot of those, those, like you said, like from around the world. I know there's a lot of Native American references to it. And in my in my research, I also saw that there was a neat historical, uh, you know, we talked about how, how odd it is that you had this Mothman and it intersects with, a, with the Men in Black reference, a very mm-hmm. early Men in Black reference, maybe the earliest, I don't know. Historically, there was a, some further tie-ins between that because... The colloquially, the devil used to be referred to as the black man, mm. or you know. But now they say like things like old scratch. Yeah, right. But in old literature and things like that, things would would go wrong, and people would say, oh, "Well, I, I, I saw the black man around." Because he was dressed in, in yeah, black. D- yeah, yeah, dressed in not yeah, not man. not an African American man, like yeah. a man dressed in black, uh, shadowed face, very very sure, difficult to see yeah. and make out. Um, but yeah, always dressed in black clothes. And so there was a, a theory that, that perhaps even in, in this Mothman uh, scenario, that what people were seeing as uh, MIBs was sort of a, a, a reflection of the Mothman, that the Mothman and the historical old men in black that were seen in, in some other historical accounts were actually still the same entity. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, in the, 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 in the case of, of this and the injured cold, I mean, these guys actually showed up at, door, at doors and rang doorbells and yeah. said threatening things, so maybe not so much. But it was an interesting historical tie-in between the two. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's weird. And, and there were other accounts, you know, of, oh, it was seen before the hurricane in Galveston. It was seen before 9-11, you know, the attacks on, on the towers. It was seen before Japan, you know, the, the tsunami. Mm-hmm. And, I, I don't know. I of course in this day and age, that's it. Just it probably is not going to get too much too much play in in any kind of real news setting. Unfortunately, right. you know. And in with the exception of uh, this happening in Point Pleasant, you never ever hear about it. These reports before the cataclysm, before yeah. the grand terrible thing happens. It's always after the fact. Oh well, you know, a long I, time after the fact, usually too. Right. right? Right, you know, and, and again, after the, the shock of it, after people have put their lives together and they're trying to make some sense of it, oh, I thought, I did see something weird before, you know, there's there's that, that, that post, you know, cataclysm logic that kind of feels like maybe psychologically you have to fill that in with something. Sure. So, so it might make more sense than it actually probably should. Right, which which again, you know, and say say following that theory that there are these pan-dimensional bellwethers that try to try to help us. They're terrible at it. Yeah. They're just awful. Well, at the same time, don't Give you think it up. we're kind of terrible at it too? Like instead of instead of somebody sticking around, just sticking around, and being like, "Whoa, let me not point a gun at it and let me not run in the opposite direction. Let's see what happens." 
maybe you got maybe you got a buddy in the woods with a gun on it just in case but why don't you go up to the thing and see what what it's about a lot of people said that they felt like it was trying to communicate and of course it's it's only given off you know these these high-pitched mousy sounds or sound like a squeaky loose fan belt or something but it's like who knows you can you can make something out of it you can make heads or tails some some way or another nighttime nighttime country road six foot creature with a 10 foot wingspan and glowing Glowing red eyes I'm gonna go with the popular choice. I'm gonna run, and if I have a gun, I'm just shooting it. If it if it if it seems threatening, I mean, I, of course, if yeah. if it's if it's just walking to the vehicle and all it's got going on is glowing eyes. I, Are you serious? I, if if look, all it has is a hulking frame and glowing eyes, if that's all it's bringing to the table, six six <laughs> seven foot is is not. Too hulking. Six to seven feet tall is six foot. It, it would be like, it'd be like, hey man, you want to go play basketball next week? We, you know, we need a center. No, I love man. this. Look, we host I, this podcast, and if this happened to us, it still wouldn't get to communicate its message because we would be in the car arguing with each other. You're trying to pull a gun out of my hands. Let's just see what it has to say. <laughs> you stay in the car. Get the, have the gun ready. I mean, it's going to be too fast anyway. If, if if it doesn't work, whatever. But at least a tribe. <laughs> and I will make sure that your tombstone says, Killed by Mothman. And idiocy. <laughs> we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. Uh, Mothman. You I, just I extended the olive branch and it expended its pandimensional, I don't know. Ordinance. Right. <laughs> death grip. Or I, I, I'm lasers. just saying, I'm just saying, if, if people were telling me it, it feels like it's trying to communicate and... All anybody was doing was either running or, or trying to kill it. I I think I would stop. This would have to be in the middle of it. If I were one of the first ones, I'm sure I would probably be scared crapless. But, I mean, like, a, a drunken hobo on the CTA at 2 in the morning is trying to communicate. <laughs> like, it's not... You know, there's, there's plenty of things that are trying to communicate that still have no interest in your continued function does, as a healthy wait, person. Does the sm- Does the Mothman smell like a... Hobo on the CTA. Thing? People's eyes are burning. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, we're we're edging into skunk ape territory, but <laughs> but uh, no, I I mean, but you're right. See, like just this exact thing is 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 why this is why as a species we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh man. Well, okay. So that's what we've decided. If if we ever run into the Mothman, we're just gonna we're gonna miss our chance at anything because we're arguing about. No, 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 no. I think we've had the argument, and we've determined that I will set up a defensive perimeter okay. while you can go forth and uh, extend the hand of, of, of human friendship. Okay. I will write you a glowing eulogy. I will explain to your family that you died trying to forward our, our advancement as a civilization, <laughs> as a species. I was too busy pumping buckshot into it. Yeah. Probably doesn't kill it. I'm just probably saying. not. We're probably both dead here. If it's probably if it's pan-dimensional, it'll it'll just if the bullets pass through it. It'll come. It'll grab you out. It'll be like the 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 what are they? The Mar- the Marangi and the second. I don't even know. Never mind. The phalanges. It, <laughs> it'll 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 get you. It'll get you. It'll, it'll get, get you. So your tombstone killed by Mothman. My tombstone, and with his last breath to cast defiance in the eye of his oppressor, did he unload his twelve gauge. <laughs> 
That's going to cost a pretty penny to put all that up. I ain't paying for it. I'm dead. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of, of last words in there, some of this stems from uh, an ancient Native American curse from one of the Shawnee warriors that you know was around Point Pleasant at the time it was being settled. Actually, was he came to, to the, the fort at Point Pleasant in 1777 to negotiate peace. And somebody, oh, the 1700s. We were so good at negotiating with some, Native Americans at that time. One of the settlers in, in, a, in a completely different situation was, was killed by Native Americans. And in, in a blind, drunken rage, some of the settlers murder this, uh, this, war, this Shawnee warrior named Chief Cornstalk. They murder him and, and, and they shoot him up. They, and there's legend that says in his last breath, he puts a curse on Point Pleasant for the next 200 years. You know, this will be... And a lot of people like like drawing that uh, to, yeah. to get some kind of an in, inspiration or well, explanation. It's it, it's not a paranormal event if you cannot get a Native American burial ground or curse shoehorned in there somewhere. Stephen King realized that at an early age, right? And it and it worked out well, for him. How well he's doing? Yeah, he's he's getting oh, the bills paid. All right. That's that's Mothman. Yeah, we that's just Mothman that's that's how the Mothman gets you. That's how that's how it works. If you see a Mothman, do the American thing and either try and talk to it or shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, coming up in September is the tenth year Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. It gets uh, starts September fifteenth. So if you find yourself in West Virginia, check it out. I'm sure that they'll have a Mothman booth and. And <laughs> they'll have one Mothman booth at the Mothman. No, no, they'll have like a, a booth. This is how I see it. It's a booth where a guy just blasts you with pepper spray, so you got like swollen red <laughs> eyes, and you get a picture tag and says, I was kicking it with the Mothman. <laughs> oh god. They have a they have a Mothman museum there too. Yeah. Right? And you can get, oh my god, Indrid cold drinks. Oh I did it! That's one of my puns! Yeah! <laughs> That is a pun. You I'm counting it. it. We, we, we just snuck. We, we snuck this section in there. All That's right. right. I didn't mean to jump the, the pun right. gun. That's but... right. We're there. We're there. We're in it now. Injured cold drinks. Yeah. I I have a I have a counterculture punk shop Ooh. called the Goffman. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Know, punk rock stuff and eyeliner. All right. I also, I have a collectible store for people who are into uh, the paranormal and Star Wars called Mon Mothman. <laughs> and please, if that didn't make sense, don't investigate it. If it did, high fives to you. You're great. Please send us an email saying, I got it. I'm on the executive <laughs> list of listeners. But if you didn't get it, let it go. It's just going to piss you off more once you do the research. It's true. And my, my final pun is, it's actually a real estate business called the Mothman Properties. Oh, nice! I like that, too. Deal's so good, your eyes will bleed. I got a, I got a splitting headache from all these savings. And can it just be a picture of, like, you and the real estate agent with glowing eyes looking in the window of a home? Yeah! A terrified family... Is a great idea. That's the best pun. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, so 
So, we actually have a, a pun from one of our listeners. Listener pun! Listener oh, pun. let's play the listener pun sound right now. <laughs> pretty pretty cool sound, yeah. huh? Yeah, you made that one up on the fly, I think. Or I, you know what? At it this sounded point, like I sure it, did. it sounded like it took you a really long time to come up with a listener pun sound. This pun comes to us uh, from a listener named Annie, and uh, Annie's pun for uh, the Aleister Crowley episode uh-huh. was Aleister Crowley's mattress store deals so good they'll drive you mad. <laughs> See, I like that because not only does it incorporate madness, but uh, Aleister Crowley needed a lot of mattresses in his life. <laughs> oh, he, man. He dealt in volume. <laughs> Ugh, that's, uh, that's great. Thank you, Annie, for, for submitting that. Yeah. Uh, the rest of you guys get on the ball. Yeah, and I don't... I mean, am I, am I, am I wrong here? But there was a tone to that pun. Annie sounded pretty hot. Oh, that's right. She, uh, I mean, I mean, there's there's a colon in here, and there's three exclamation points. I mean, that's, right. You don't punctuate like that unless you are very attractive. That's so. true. That's true. So, uh, so Annie, keep them coming, and hopefully, yeah. we didn't scare you away with her creepy, <laughs> creepy old man. I thought I was positively reinforcing participation, but you know they call that sexual harassment these days. Oh. oh! Well. <laughs> I guess oh, I man. was born in the 30s. We're terrible. <laughs> we are so terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks. thank you, though. Thank you for sending the yes, pun. The rest you. of you guys get, get some puns to us. Uh, that'll be great. Yeah. I put the bar pretty low with Mon Mothman. <laughs> so kick my... Who you ask. Yeah, please kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can, you can send us a pun. We've got a nice little handy-dandy form on the website. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you can go to blurryphotos.org. And check out that form. It has a little drop-down menu. Just select a pun, shoot it in there, and uh, click send. Yeah, and right. it'll it'll come right to us. I hope. And I'll tell you what, it it would be a shame if the extent of our interaction was just you sending us puns and we saying them. So please, you got an idea for a show you'd like to hear us blather about? Mm-hmm. We'll blather that show, dude. We'll blather, we'll blather some. We'll, we'll blathering blather sky. Right. Nice. Um, Gizmo duck. <laughs> well played. So yeah, we if if you wanna you wanna leave some com- comments, uh, feedback, tell us co- what a bunch of jackasses we are. Uh, how, if you, how hot we sound. How hot we sound. That that one would be appreciated. Uh, stories of your own. Hey, mm-hmm. if you if you've had bleeding conjunctivitis eyes from a Mothman encounter, we and not from a it. weird sex encounter, please please keep the TNT area to yourself. <laughs> unless Mothman is started. and don't don't email us saying I'll I'll tell you about my Mothman who I put in a little rubber dome every night. <laughs> don't email yeah. us. Uh, don't do Same. what Flora just said. I don't know what it was, but don't do it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Do whatever you want. At this point, <laughs> there's no such thing as a bad email. We'll let you know when people start sending us things we don't want. That's, that's true. That's true. That's a, that's a great point as well. So, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, that's it for this episode of, of Blurry Photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stecco, you got anything else to add before we go? Uh, no, I don't. I feel like there's no base that we left untouched, no stone unturned. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's nice. how thorough feels. That's a, we will sleep well tonight. Glowing red eyes. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep for three days. <laughs> I am David.
David Flora. And I am Dave Stecco. And we will talk to you next time. Yeah!